It is good to be with you again. I've been home since the end of June for my studies in Rome this year, and uh, we'll be returning once again there at the end of September. But Father Valanchek has seen to put me on the 7 a.m. Mass at least the last five or six weeks in a row. I think he's enjoying the extra help in a very particular way. But I've enjoyed that, and it's good to finally be out of that and here at an afternoon Mass especially on a day uh, as beautiful and as temperate as today was. Um, today I was, had the privilege of spending most of my day in prayer and meditation in preparation for this homily on this Feast of the Transfiguration. And as the day went on, I realized looking outside that uh, there was such a beautiful, idyllic day, cool air, blue skies, a nice breeze, and the sun I decided to go outside and continue my thoughts and uh, do some writing here in the flower garden right behind us. And I'm really glad I did because it, in a sense, changed the, the direction of this homily, I think, for a good way. And that is, uh, while I was out there and looking around and enjoying the beauty of this parish and the flowers and, and how well it's maintained in terms of landscape and uh, the trees and everything abounding there, it reminded me that of this one perhaps central idea in, in Christianity, that where Christ is the center, where Christ is made the center, life abounds and God is glorified. Where Christ is the center, life abounds and God is glorified. I made a point uh, after deciding to read a commentary on the gospel that we just heard while sitting on that little bench behind us uh, and thinking for a while that I needed to just stand and stretch my legs. And so that's what happened when I started to look around. I saw the flowers, I saw the trees, I saw even the bees, uh, thousands of bees out there, busy at work, doing their thing, getting pollen and everything, and even a few butterflies. And again, as I took that whole scene in, it just struck me as it were all a type of symphony. Uh, a harmony abounded. Uh, the flowers were in their glory. The bees were uh, abuzz. All in a sense, giving glory to God, the center, the creator, and the center of all of this beauty. And then it struck me even more, more to the history of it all. How did all of this come to be at this moment in this place? And a very simple answer surfaced. Because a people, much like you and I today, came together and formed a parish community, called as they were by the bishop of that time, to come together as this parish of St. Sebastian and to be a community centered on the very life of Christ. And in pursuing that life as disciples and making his life the objective of their own, this place began to be transformed from an empty field into a home for followers of Jesus Christ. A church was built, and within it and around it, the faith was taught, and in how many different ways. It would be difficult to quantify. But I know that at least one way was through the gardening club, where early parishioners, inspired by the intrepid founding pastor, Monsignor Whistler, not only began the great project of landscaping this vast property, but invited the youth to join them. 
And from that, uh, to be taught a new skill, a new trade, if you will, a new hobby, but even that to be close to their parents and elders whose faith was on display in the simple work of the donation of their time and the gift of their energy to transforming what this parish looks like. Most of that first generation in the 1930s and 1940s planted what they did, not for themselves, but for all of us who would follow them. They could only have imagined the size of the trees and what would become of the beauty, the shade that they would provide. And they probably wouldn't even know what they started would result in all the beautiful flowers and the gardens that are around here, capable of inspiring even a homily or two. But anyway, the point of this recollection of all this uh, visualization around us uh, is to highlight this one thing. Because of their faith in Jesus Christ, they came together and in their gratitude and faithfulness pursued a way to share that faith which literally and visually has transformed this place. What we see stands as a testament to who they were and more importantly, who they believed in. And to reiterate, fundamentally, where Jesus Christ is made the center, life is transformed and God is glorified. It is important to understand this dynamic and not forget it. If you want to appreciate the power of the gospel that Jesus Christ proclaimed in his words and by his actions, we have received what has been handed on to us, our faith in Jesus Christ. And this faith has dynamic, real effects in our life, both now and in our life to come. This idea is consistent with Peter's letter that we heard in the second reading today, that even then they were aware that they were handing on an actual faith, a real thing, and not simply mythology or ideas of transcendencies and gods and all sorts of things like that. They were handing on our faith, the life that they found in Christ. And quite deliberately, he stated, again, not the stuff of legends and myths. Rather, they handed down to us a real faith in a real person of whom was revealed to them both the fullness of human life in all of its glory and the sanctity of the divine life. Matthew's gospel then gives both a literal vision of what is found in the person of Christ that person, that man who was fully glorified, who fully glorifies God and is glorified in him. And at the same time, this gospel serves as a sign or a symbol for us who believe in the life in store for his disciples, even today. In the literal sense, those witnesses share with us the truth they were privileged to discover regarding this man, Jesus Christ, both as human and divine. They saw, and they wrote what they saw, and they believed in what they saw. In the allegorical sense then, or symbolically, this gospel teaches that the disciples come to see Christ as he is, as they themselves journey with him through life to, to Calvary and await the resurrection. 
Thus, as we come to believe, our sight becomes ever clearer. We see with the eyes of faith, and our life journey finds a clear orientation. As we place Christ at the center of our life, the center of the life of this community, all that we experience begins to serve him and the Father's will for us and for our community uh, is revealed. And most importantly, life is transformed and God is glorified. So the call to us as disciples then, I think, is to be, to be deliberate in living out our faith, to realize that what we are sharing with one another, even as we engage in this liturgy, has been handed to us by those who believe before us. And it is our responsibility to hand it on intact to those who come after us. We are not handing on a myth and a legend, but we are handing on a way of life centered in the one who is the author and Lord of all life, Jesus Christ. His way to the cross and his resurrection traces out for us the way that we too must walk. And thankfully, the lives of so many saints in the faith who have taken the time to plant the seeds of this life for us will continue to inspire us to join them along the way. Where Christ is the center, life abounds, and God is glorified.